This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Get on with it, man. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining the award-winning To Hull and Back podcast, sponsored by Old Logical Bar and Kingfisher. I'm your host, Nathaniel, and tonight I'm joined by uh, three favourite podcast people, Will, Ant, and Tom. So it should be another positive episode after the exciting signing of Scott Twine and a delicious 2-1 away win, our first away win uh, since February this year. So, uh, Will, Tom, and Ant, thanks for joining, and uh, you're as positive as me. Yeah, we've got to be very positive after that. Absolutely. Come on, man. Good. I think, Good. I think um, in terms of the game, like, we, we dominated like when we were playing against 11 men, then we did against 10. You know what I mean? Like, for some reason, we stopped our merger every once, once they went down to 10 and weren't creating enough opportunities, weren't sort of threatening them enough, enough. And obviously, they sort of grew into the game a bit more and got encouragement from that. And then, um, you know, eventually, obviously, got the, you know, the match with a later. But yeah. Obviously, well, a great victory. So, mm-hmm. and I think in the chat you weren't quite as happy with the performance. Of course, um, Blackburn went down to ten men after half an hour, and I think when you're especially playing this possession-based style, you want to see sort of the fruits of you know stretching the other team when they've only got ten men. So, what, what were your thoughts on that? Why, why was it slightly disappointing? Um, I think always dropping down to 10 men is, is one of City's worst things because we just struggle to break down teams that obviously go a bit more defensive. We like it when teams come at us and we can hit them on the counter and exploit that space. And I think when when obviously Blackburn went down to 10 men, they, they, they made a back five. I don't know if they already started with a back five, but they, they, they sat deeper. And then obviously we just didn't. If, you, if you're going to play against a team that's got 10 men, you've got places on the pitch which you're going to have more space. You've got an extra man, so you can create overloads or overlaps on one side of the pitch, and we just didn't seem to move it quick enough for me to do that. When 
when Blackburn went down to 10, you, you want to be looking, you know, you, you want to be changing your system. Right, right, OK, now this is a good chance for us to really push on and, and, and score. We didn't play badly by any stretch of the imagination. We were always in control of the game, but we didn't probe enough when when Blackburn went down to 10, uh, for me. We were just too slow in, in possession. And like you said, it allowed Blackburn to grow into the game. And then when, obviously, they went 1-0 up, you're thinking, oh, it's a case of typical City now, isn't it? We're going to lose... Um, a, a game that we probably should have taken three from, but it, it took that goal to sort of inject the urgency and tempo into the game that we should have had an hour, for, well, for the last hour before that. So it, it can be concerning, but like we say, if, if at the end of the day it, we ended up winning the game, and it's a really big three points, especially Ewood Park, we never win there. So if you if you if you'd said to anybody we've got six points from Norwich, Chef Wednesday, and Blackburn before the season started, would have all took it, wouldn't we? I think. You know, like what you mentioned there, on um, wasn't really getting it wide enough and like stretching the pitch. I think against 10 men, it's so key to stretch the pitch. And there was times where we actually got the ball to sort of overloaded the wide areas and got the ball to Twan and um, he was able to get a ball in the box. But we didn't do that enough. And that was mainly in the first half. And then in the second, we didn't really um, do enough. Even was moving the ball too slow. Like we was having all this possession, but it was all in our defensive third. And then when we lost the ball, Blackburn broke and looked dangerous because... Obviously, we're committing that many bodies forward, didn't even threaten enough, and then Blackburn just broke on a counter, and then obviously that's how they get their the first goal. Then the problem was is like even when we was in promising positions, like we're on the edge of the box and you've got the, the perfect opportunity to have a shot, and we won't do it. We'd move it yeah. sideways and it end up end up back at the centre back, and I think that's where frustrations grow. You know, where you, you you're in a position where you can be uh, really pressing to get the three points in the game. You're in an advantageous position having the extra man. And we seem to be reluctant to be taking that opportunity, kind of thing. So when we're when we're an opportunity to cross the ball or shoot, we were deciding to go back and play it safe instead. Mm. And I think mean, when you when you've got the extra man, you shouldn't really be playing it that safe, should you? I think that's where ultimately the frustration came from. But like we said at the end of the day, we we, we realised that they were playing still quite a high line with their back five, and that there was space in behind. And then when Con when Connolly came on, he made those runs in behind, and you've got someone like Seri, and then obviously the long ball from Jonesy that, that went in behind and found him. So when you've got that option, it's good to have a plan B, which is something we didn't have last season, mm. uh, in yeah. order to try and counteract that um, change that we needed. I think for yeah, all the passing, think... it, it was like two literally balls over the top that got us a goal. And I mean, then when we got the, when we obviously drew the red card from the lap, it was literally one ball up the field, and it just shows mm -hmm. playing a bit more direct sometimes and get the rewards. And obviously, the three talking points in the game came from just literally a ball over the top and obviously Seri's pass was a delightful one like you watch it back so many times and it's class but and obviously Jones as well that was, that was a great ball over the top so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's good to have that variety because we have been a bit predictable I think last season that was one of the main complaints um Lee says that we didn't pr uh, play brilliantly but we got the three points so I mean that's the second time we've come from behind to to get a win I guess earlier on in the year um maybe performances isn't what you're looking for you just get those initial points on the board when at home or when away so uh, well i think the most important thing is we got the three points even if it wasn't the most fluid performance that's my main takeaway from it is it's a sign of a good team it's, it's a cliche but it is a sign of a good team if you don't play your best and still get the win and city did that on what saturday mm -hmm. yeah uh shall we talk about scott twine then because i think his uh debut was very hyped and um, unfortunately didn't get um, one of the free kick goals. He had two free kick, uh, free kick attempts against um, against um, Burnley, his parent club's uh, main rivals, Blackburn. So, uh, I mean, who saw the game and, and what did you think of Twine playing off the, uh, was it the left cutting in and he had a few good attempts? So, 
I think that's quite good. But uh, what about the others? Um, I think Twan on the left, I, I feel like he's better centrally. Like, I mean, in terms of affecting the game, that's why I play for Burnley. Like, um, and I think the system we play now with the sort of obviously the two fan drifting out to the right and, you know, obviously quite a fluid system. So I think when obviously we've got players back, I think Twan will play more centrally and that's where he's best. But I, did, I was quite impressed with him, to be honest. Like, the, you know, he's, he's, good, he's good on the ball, he's good at manoeuvring out of like tight situations. Um, you know, he was he was getting to the byline sometimes, putting crosses in. Um, he had a decent debut, and unfortunately, I had a bet on him to score outside the box. He didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But we go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and what what are your thoughts on the signing in general? Because uh, we've talked a lot about him on the podcast, and we were linked to him last year. I had a very good chat with Turfcast on a Thursday, I think, about the signing, and they were full of praise. So, do you think he'll live up to the potential? Yeah, I mean, you can usually tell how good a player is based on other fans' reactions to your signings. So the fact that pretty much every other club in the country seems quite envious that we've managed to, to get him, I think tells its own story. But we all know... Some of these ones seem particularly salty, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, one, one of them. One of them, one, obviously, particularly very good. But, um, we, we all saw his stats from, from when he was in M- uh, League One with MK Dons. And then last season, you, you know, he might have had a better season had he not been injured for for the vast majority of it. I think he only played 18 times or something for Burnley last season. So... He'll, he'll have a point. He'll feel like he has a point to prove at this level. Um, if he can stay fit all year and, and you know get forty games under his belt, um, and 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 again something that we've been missing is them set pieces. I mean, he had, yeah, yeah, we had plenty of corners in that game. We didn't mm. score any of them, but um, I do. I do think obviously when he when he's on the training ground a bit more and working with the players and getting those routines set in, um, we, we might get a few more goals from set pieces, which could be the difference. I mean, a player like Scott Twine can be the difference between challenging for the top six and finishing mid-table because he gets you those goals and, and creates goals, um, which, which obviously, like, as a team, you need to you need to be getting goals from all over the pitch. And we were quite dependent, obviously, last year on one or two players. So this season was kind of littering the squad with players that can create and score goals. So someone like him could get us easily create between 10 and 20 goals if he's scoring or assisting them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, last year we had so many duels. You, you're right that someone like him on set pieces, uh, you know, because even at home in League One, when we had uh, lots of goals from corners with Elder and Honeyman, we didn't play very well at home. It was a lot of one nils from set pieces. So it does show you that you can really use that to your advantage. Um, shall we talk about Aaron Connolly? Because uh, a brace, three goals in two, five goals in eight um, in the league for Hull City over the two seasons. Um, I, I did compile, and I'll, I'll bring them up in a second. Some uh, comments from Middlesbrough fans, uh, but the general uh, the general gist was that they thought he was awful uh, on loan for him. So I guess that sort of disproves. You know, sometimes they can be wrong. Hopefully, Twine will be as good as Burnley and MK oh, fans have said. There's, there's been plenty of players who we've had, and they've been rubbish for us, and they've gone somewhere else and been superb. Absolutely. Uh, th- yeah, uh, the other one was that mainly uh, good luck to Hull and feel very sorry for Hull um, rather than for Connolly. But um, he's scoring lots of goals uh, for City and, you know, on a one-year contract, probably quite a low transfer fee. It looks like we're you know going to get a really good bit of cheap business there for a really good player who could, you know, he scored three and one every 18 minutes. He could definitely get to 15 or 20 and hopefully... Tufan or Delap or Oscar could get up there as well. So, uh, Tom, talk about Aaron Connolly and those two wonderful finishes. Yeah, Aaron Connolly is just, that's obviously a different striker than what we've got in Oscar and Delap. He's, he's sort of a nippy player, runs in behind, Harry's, Russell's defenders. He's quite strong. 
for his size. Um, and, and the key thing is, is that he's the one that's going to run in behind. He's, he's, he's going to latch on to them balls. And, and that's exactly what he did there. And I think, the, obviously, out of the three strikers, his, his movement's probably the best. He's always looking to run the channels. Whereas, obviously, Oscar and Delapa, obviously, I know Delap runs the channels, but he, he's good at holding up the ball as well. That, but, um, yeah, obviously, Connolly's them, them two finishes were superb. I mean, the first one, you know, great volley, like sort of like instinctive, and then the second one was just a nice can finish into the corner, sort of waited for the goalkeeper to move, and then slotted it to the left. And you know, what more can you ask for from his first two games back at the club? Mm, yeah, excellent, excellent start. And it's nice seeing all the uh, Republic of Ireland, because um, of course they have fewer players in England. All the accounts sort of being excited every time he scores. I think we're going to have a few. Uh, players get back, getting mm. back into their national teams. Ozan we, will be we have back a good the record Turkish Irish Exactly, exactly. It's nice to have that. Um, so I guess with Delap, you mentioned he's good on the ball and holding the ball up. Connolly makes those runs. It's the second time he scored with a long ball over the top from Seri. He scored one against uh, QPR. Uh, and then, of course, Ozan, two fans, been playing as a striker. We all know uh, why he's so good. Does that make Oscar... Perhaps the striker we're least confident at the club at the moment because last year he was our top scorer. So, Ant, where do you think Oscar fits into the system at the moment with Delap and Connolly playing so well? It's tough, isn't it? I mean, the thing is with Oscar is, like you said, each each one of the forwards we've got offers us something different. So, Connolly's one of those who's going to wind up the opposition. He's going to be a nightmare for defenders. He'll run in behind and he'll stretch defences. Delap's... Um, hold up play and the way he turns players as well is I, I really like the lap, you know, he's really good. Um, the way he was turning the, the uh, high amp all the all, mm. for about 10 minutes of the game, he just had him on toast. But you've got the lap that can hold up the ball and bring others into the game, and you've got Urzan who's more of a false nine, he likes to drop deep and, and have mm. them shots from range. Then you've got Oscar who's just a clinical poacher. Um, I think when we've got a fully fit Oscar because he did look good pre season. Um, I think if you get him, it's it's hard for him to get inside currently on form because <clears throat> obviously the lap's so crucial to the way we're playing. I mean, Connolly's obviously on fire and two fans scored that trick against Wednesday, so he's going to have to be patient, I think. But that's only good because these all these strikers that are fit this season and scoring goals, which was our problem last season, means that he's going to have to train harder than ever and get himself into a position where he's working on the, the, the worst areas of his game in order to get a, a, a chance in the first team again. So, we might have an even better Oscar this season, but he's, he's, he's going to be one of those strikers in for games where when we're expected to have the majority of the chances, that's where you want him to be on the pitch because then we can stick mm. the ball in the box and, and hope he's on the end of them. But I think, you know, the tough games like Blackburn away probably wasn't wasn't an Oscar type of game. Um, but it, it's it, like we say, it's good to have that variety, isn't it? We didn't have it last season. Um, it's a good headache for Rosinia to have. Um, I mean, the, the way that we're sort of absolutely littering the attacking options now um, it's, it's getting to a point where I, I think we're not going to have an issue scoring goals this season hopefully mm. oh, yeah we're um, the uh, third top scorers in the league I think 13th top scorers in England out of 90 second so um, defensively we've not been quite as strong but I suppose uh, yeah we've, we've sort of seen it um, we would have perhaps drawn against Blackburn last season but we did lose um, against Norwich, but six points is better than perhaps just grinding out three draws like we would have done last year. So, I mean, f- four games in now, we were very uh, negative after the first two games and deservedly so. Now we've scored six goals with six points in the last two games. Generally, I'll, I'll go to um, everyone. Will, initially, four games in this, into the season, how are you feeling so far? 
I'm feeling all right. I, mm. I didn't want to. I didn't think it was all doom and gloom at the start, like some people on Twitter, but Twitter's mental anyway. Um, went far. I thought you still. I still want to judge it after ten games, and we played a good handful of games. But I think mm. it's looking positive. Like like was mentioned before, against Blackburn under Shotter, we'd have definitely lost. Under Liam last season, we'd have probably drawn, and under Liam mm. this season, we've won. Yeah, so that's improvement. And what are your thoughts? Are you are are we better than you thought we'd be, uh, points wise, or or less? Um, well, I expected us to be about. I, I think I'd have taken four points from these three games. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have six, we're obviously in a better position than probably I expected us to be in. But you wanted to see reaction from those first two games, and that's what we've got. So. You know, it's it's all well and good criticizing Rosinia. I mean, I criticized him in the first two games. I thought the team was 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 way off it. Uh, but you've got to praise him as well for the way that he's got the team organized and, and and changed a couple of you know tactically putting Greaves in. I think makes us a bit better. Dropping into that back three, I think when we're in possession helps us a lot more. Um, but like we say, it's it's getting to a point where we're looking like we're better than we are. Um, in, we're certainly in an offensive sense. If we can try and. Make us a bit more solid at the back, I think. Um, we'll be on to something special. But, I mean, if we're going to sacrifice the defensive um, aspect of the game from last season and score more goals this year, I wouldn't be too displeased at that. I think that's the attacking football that Adjun wants, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, um, as long as you're scoring more than you concede. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom, six I, points from nine. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like it. Like, I um, I'd have taken four. I felt going to Norwich, um, first game, tough. I felt... You know, struggle struggle to get points there, and that was that was true. And then Wednesday, you really expect to beat them, given that some of them are you know disappointing coming up from League One. So you expect to beat them. And against Blackburn, I felt um, until before that Wednesday game, um, I thought a point there would have been good. But facts have come away from all three first first win there since 2016 in the league. You know, you can't argue with the start of Adam. You know, as we saw last season, it's only a start. Um, it's how we push on now, and you know we have to stay consistent. But the early signs are good because. I think Rosinia, um obviously being in from the off this season, um, already learning from his mistakes, one of more attacking, um, you know, bringing in obviously we're linked to a whole host of other players now, and looking like we're going to get some two good players, in, two more good players in at least. So I think mm-hmm. you know, the, the competition's there now. Touchwood stay free from injuries, um, and then hopefully we can push on. But yeah, I'm happy with the start, um, and at the start of the season anyway, I took the table so. If we're in and around the table at the end or pushing playoffs, then I'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're, we're seventh at the moment. I think I wouldn't mind finishing seventh uh, to, at the end of the year. Uh, that would be quite a positive thing. But yeah, I mean, it's three games. It's very difficult to look at. Um, were, were you going to jump in with something there? Yeah, I think looking back in hindsight, Donny was horrendous. But I think Norwich, when you look at how Norwich have carried on so far this season at the start, but obviously early days, I think the performance doesn't look as bad as it was because Norwich have blasted everyone away they've played since then. Mm. Yeah, well, they got another good win against Millwall today with three goals. They're, they're scoring goals for fun, really. So perhaps, you know, and, and if we had got a draw oh, there, I think like, it would be yeah. a, an exceptional start. Really. Amazing, but mm. it's, it, I don't think it was as bad in the end as it could have been. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh so, Tom, you mentioned that we might be getting some new signings in. Uh, one player that we've been linked to uh, with a permanent deal is Jaden Philogene from Aston Villa. The 21-year-old winger was on loan at Cardiff last season. Um, he is the mystery young English talent that we've been, uh, you know, dis- that has been discussed um, in the whole life, especially for the last few weeks. So it's nice to know 
finally, um, who he is. I think, I mean, I haven't really seen whether Cardiff fans were very happy with him last year, but I think if he's a highly rated player and on a permanent, it can grow into a, a better one. And I think wingers are still our problem position. So hopefully having maybe Twine and, and uh, Philogene on the other wing, that would be those would be good options. And you said you were slightly underwhelmed. Uh, so thoughts on this potential transfer? Not underwhelmed to say it's a bad signing. I just mm-hmm. I was expecting, um, you know, Cole Palmer. Yeah. I mean, to me, Scott Twine is a better player. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what I mean? But obviously, on a permanent, to have somebody like Jaden Philogene, who, you know, if we sign him for a four or five year deal and he progresses at the rate that he can do and reaches his potential, then it's a, a fantastic signing. Um, he's obviously a, a, a player that can play on either wing. Um, like you say, if we can drop Twine central, it gives us variety. It, it lets us switch it up at the top. Um, he was he, he had a really good second half at the MKM last season for Cardiff. I mean, he, he, he taught Jacob Greaves a new one. So um, I, I, I expect Greaves is going to be really happy to see him in training and, and getting nutmegged on a daily basis again. But it's it's an exciting signing in, in the sense that it's good to see us going for players like that on a permanent. Um, I think it's very easy, obviously, to get these players on loan. Um, but mm-hmm. it just shows ambition for where Ajin wants to take us, what kind of squad Rosinia wants to build. And to get players like that that have got you know massive potential uh, and have him here for, for, for years, or I, I would imagine his contracts would be, mm-hmm. um, is, is, is just a massive statement of intent. And I think... Again, you look at the reaction from other fans on on social media, barring the Villa ones who keep telling us that we can't afford him. Um, that they're all, it's another one that you know people are starting to sit up and go, do you know what? Hull are assembling quite a good side here. So um, it did that, like we say, having players like Philogene, Twine, Delap, Connolly, Tufan, Trore, Slater, who's yet to score yet, so Longman. he's do a goal into. Um, no, I think Longman will be on his way out, but. You know, it's, it, we, we're starting to lit the squad with players with massive attacking potential and it's, mm. it's, it's quite exciting. Yeah. Uh, Will, do you want to respond to that comment from Ian Templeman? Uh, yes, this is, the, this is the mystery player I couldn't talk about because I accidentally yeah. heard something at the stadium. Well, see, um, Ant, well, sorry, I'll let you finish, but Ant said uh, that you thought Twine was a better player. Will you think that Twine and Philogene about the same? Yeah. Everyone was going trying to. Everyone was going about who it could be. I, I personally, for me, because I've been after Twine. I've been wanting Twine to be fair. Something with him last year. I think they're both about the same level of hype for me personally. I think, mm-hmm. as Tom's already said, the potential on Philogene is immense, and he could easily go on to do some great things. That would be a fantastic signing, and I'm glad it's been revealed because I hated the fact that I had to keep it yeah. secret. Well, I kept suggesting um, players like Rashford and, and Smith Rowe in the chat, and last. Last last episode, the hour after the episode finished, having Nathaniel just shoot names at me over and over, and me having to was just go, no, actually an hour. It was at least an hour. Yeah, sorry, but that was fun. Uh, Tom Twine Philogene, how do you balance those? Um, I think due to the obviously hype that Twine's carried for past year, the fact that one for so long, people are going to say Twine. And personally, I think Twine currently probably better. I think he's like two years old, two or three years older. Um, Isn't Philogene 21 and Twine's yeah. 24? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think in terms of the, the quality now, you look at Swine and you think, yeah, he's a bit mm. more of a complete player. But I think with Philogene, it's the excitement knowing that we're getting a 21-year-old that's highly rated, you know, and I think he can obviously grow into that potential of us. 
hopefully reach a ceiling, but that's as long as we get him. And, you know, if we do, it's a, it's a fantastic signing, I think. And, you know, it showed like, last season Cardiff struggled to score goals. Um, and he was one of the, obviously, their, their better players, obviously producing goals and assists. So I think, you know, a better team for us, more attacking players like Seri, feeding them the ball, um, you know, and like said, a lap and Connolly and two fan up front, I think. You know, it's, it's you know, it's, um, he's going to obviously thrive at our club. So, you know, I'm hoping we'll get that deal done now. And yeah, because I think big links of him most of the summer. I think we're seeing like the ports in. It could be Philogene. It could be mm. this other player. But yeah, yeah. it's good to finally know it's him now. I I think looking at the amount of players that we could sign on a permanent deal, I think he was relatively reasonable because you know he didn't have an amazing season at Cardiff, but um, you know highly rated enough. Whereas we were never going to get anyone perhaps better because we don't have you know, parachute payment sort of money. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how much we actually pay for him because mm. he he was, a lot of Villa fans wanted yeah. him involved in the first team this season, especially with a couple of injuries to uh, Buendia and Coutinho. Um, and obviously, like you say, he's, you've got the English tax that usually you get on, on, on young players. He's only 21. He's got potential. He's had a really good pre-season for Villa as far as I'm aware as well. So it will be interesting to see how much we pay for him. I can't imagine it would be a massive amount or else we won't be going mm. for him so it's it's quite odd how we might have wangled this this transfer for a relatively um cheap fee considering mm. you know he, he could easily be a 10 mil plus player in, in villa fans uh, opinion yeah. so it'll be a transfer that they won't be best pleased with I mean, there's probably a lot of there's probably a sell-on and a buyback and a, a, a x amount if we get promoted or whatever yeah, it'll be it'll be one of those re- very weirdly worked transfers, but to get a transfer like that permanently in the in the championship is 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 amazing. If it goes through, obviously, it's still time. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've mentioned it there. I think we signed Alian Cynic for probably around three million each, so I imagine it could well be similar to that. Perhaps um, does this spell the end for at least one of those? Because we would have uh, many options, and I don't see a Traore or. A, you know, obviously not a Lakilo or Twine going. So I think to sort of make the space, one of them's got to go at least. It's interesting because Rossini likes Cynic and he, he likes how he's responded apparently in training. He wants to mm. try and get him, but I, I don't see how he's going to get in the side. No. And I think it's still Valiar, but I think fitness is really what's holding Aliar back, to be honest. I, like you say, I don't see how they get in the side at the moment unless there's another injury crisis like last season. I think mm. one of them is definitely getting sold and I was going to say I think the other one might go on loan don't know which way around though I think Aliar's had four relatively significant injuries in uh, a year and a half and I think that's just too much of a you know poor fitness kind of record so I just don't see him getting in, into the team same with Cynic even if they do get into the team fighting past all the other players we've got after being out of the squad and not having a pre-season, they could do that for two games and then get injured again. So um, I, I don't really see it happening realistically. Uh, but anything else to mention about the amount of wingers we've got? Because it's very exciting looking at the amount of attacking options and the sort of um, different trios or uh, sort of four attacking players we could have if we're playing two strikers. So uh I guess one thing I'll ask, Connolly, Dunlap, Tufan, Oscar, probably, maybe Twine, do we want to change our opinions on who's going to be top scorer? Because I said Oscar, and I I don't really believe that anymore. So, Tom... I've already forgotten who I said. 
Mm-hmm. Two fans, isn't it? Or Connolly. Mm-hmm. Connolly, I think. Well, if it was yeah. Connolly, I'd have to say five. If it wasn't, then... Mm. Mm. Well, I don't want to be too reactionary just because two fans scored a hat-trick and Connolly scored a brace, but because Oscar's not started any games except the Doncaster game, where we were rubbish, I don't see him being in the team enough to be the top scorer. But I think Connolly getting the amount of goals he's had so far... Um, and hopefully getting fully fit, I think, because he could play on the wing or as one of the strikers, maybe, I want to say. Oscar's uh, an interesting one, you know, because there was reports earlier on in the window that we had solid interest from um, teams abroad for Oscar. Uh, mm. It seems to quieten down, but I, I reckon that there's still something going on there. I reckon if we... January finished, might be... Then, then Oscar might be, on his, might be on his way. Mm. Yeah, but I think if we'd lost him at the start of the summer, I'd be very disappointed. But now, you think maybe if you can get a few goals out of him uh, until January, that wouldn't be so bad. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, I think it's time to bring on our Bristol City fan from Robin's Talk. Um, if I can press the button, I'm having technical difficulties here. And can you get him on? Oh, here we go. You've done it. I've done it. No, you kicked Wonderful. him off again. <laughs> We're really Have I really? Sure. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not thinking about it for a while. <laughs> Here he is. Hi, Annie. <laughs> Hello, Anne. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, he's gone again. This is this is is he? No, I'm here. He's gone for me. How, how? What's going on here? Nathaniel's apparently. Well, live Nathaniel. I I'm not clicking anything. Right, he's there. Okay. Okay, there we go. Talk, talk to us about Bristol City's start to the season with it being a one draw, one defeat, one loss. It's about average, is that is that fair? Um, to be honest, that draw on opening day against Preston was not deserved. We should have lost that game. Um, we were outplayed for most of it and Preston should have won. Uh, Millwall away was pretty good. Uh, we got the three points um uh, it was kind of a last minute uh, smash and grab in a way, but um, we did enough, I suppose, defensively to kind of earn the clean sheet and win the win the game. Uh, and Birmingham yesterday at home was um, absolutely abysmal. We were really, really poor. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't didn't get didn't have a shot on target, and just allowed Birmingham to run things. And uh, the common theme out of the three games has been just a lack of creativity. Uh, I think we're the only team in the championship not to score a goal from open play so far, which is, uh, yeah, that's just about sums it up. Um, 
It's it's very worrying. Uh, the two goals we have scored have been from um, Harry Cornick long throws. So it's 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 all it's um, if we don't have him on the pitch in the 90th minute, we we're probably not going to win. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been kind of worrying so far. And after Preston and uh, Birmingham, especially, we kind of look at that Millwall game and go, yeah, we were a bit lucky actually, because um, we probably uh, caught caught Millwall on a on a bad day. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a pretty uh, pretty negative uh, mm. start in terms of feeling around the fan base and just generally haven't been performing to our mm. capabilities, which we know we can because we have some good players in there. Mm-hmm. So before the the season started, where did you think Bristol City were going to be this season? And after the three performances, are you now less confident that they're going to be where you perhaps hoped? Well, uh, we finished 14th last season and uh, we've been kind of on this slow upward trajectory under Nigel Pearson and uh, we kind of felt this was kind of the deciding uh, season in his in his tenure here because we've had two seasons of kind of transition and now's the time to really push on. I thought as I thought we, I'd, uh, we'd be in the top half. Um, I'd say I, I thought as 10th. Um, so I thought, you know, we'd be kind of pushing. We ultimately don't have enough enough quality and depth in our squad compared to other teams around mm-hmm. us. But I thought we'd be pushing. And uh, compared to some of the other teams who I had below us, i.e. Birmingham and Ipswich and Plymouth and whatnot, um, and even Hull, I think. Uh, so I expect, expect us to probably be in the bottom half again, unfortunately. But yeah, um, in terms of confidence-wise, I'm, I'm much... I'm much more pessimistic uh, I am now than I was before the season because we had some really good signings in. Generally looked pretty positive and it's just kind of uh, faded away now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're playing Bristol City on Friday uh, under the floodlights. Um, how do you see that game going? What are your thoughts on Hull City so far this year, if you have any? No, I've been... Um... I saw a lot of people kind of underestimate Hull. If you, if you underestimate, uh, kind of put Hull in the bottom half, and I was a bit surprised because I thought Hull were really impressive under Rossini back end of last season, and that defensive record was really good. And I thought, um, I thought Dar- I thought Darlow was going to be a miss, but generally I thought you'd be fine. And um, yeah, opening day defeat to Norwich. You might say, oh well, that's ninety eighth minute, but. Let's be honest here. Norwich probably deserved the win on the basis of the game, um, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, you catch them at a good time. You take that win. Um, they've been. They're going to get. They're going to take a bit of time to get going. Mm. Um, and then, yeah. Who who was it? You played um, uh, Blackburn. Blackburn, was it? Blackburn away. Um, yeah, ten men always helps, but it's not always mm. easy to play against ten men. Um, but yeah, generally, I think Rossini is a very, very good manager. I think he's a uh, kind of. If I, I don't want to. I don't want to. If any Bristol City fans are going to watch this, I don't want to uh, rile them <laughs> up. But he's kind of he's kind of the manager we need, really. After after Pearson, the kind of progressive manager, young, who's going to add goals, please, goals to our team. And uh, um, yeah, I've been very, I've been quietly impressed uh, in terms of how I see the game going. We're we're probably in terms of how we're set up, probably better playing away uh, away from home than we are at home uh, because we don't have that added pressure. And quite honestly, our away our away atmosphere is uh, far better than our home atmosphere. So hopefully that that counts as something. Um, I honestly, I think we'll probably get probably uh, nothing out of the game. I don't see us threatening Hull um, basis of 
on base of the fact that you've got good defence and uh, I, we we from last season from last season mm. I'm I'm going with last season. Um, I I don't I don't see us getting anything. Uh, mm. Do you want a score prediction now? Uh, well, one thing before that, um, I'd like to ask perhaps who you're most scared about from a city perspective perspective and who the best Bristol City fans are but it's time for the most exciting part of the podcast and actually be nice to have an opposition fan give their view on the uh, insight that I've got so this is the combined lineup between Bristol City and Hull City this season um, if it'll show up on the screen and yeah it'll be interesting you can you can can rip him to shreds Annie we do it's usually very poor so So I've gone free I've gone for for Bristol today Right, so I'll okay. read it. I'll read it out for the listeners, and then you can roast me. Is that okay? So we've got <laughs> O'Leary and Goal, Pring, Greaves, Jones, Coyle, Seri, and Dan James. Is it Dan James? Uh, no, not Dan James. Not uh, <laughs> is it Harry Harry Bell on the wing? Oh, Sam, Sam, Sam Bell. Close Sam Bell. Sam Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it's Scott Twine, and then Aaron Connolly up front after his brace. Okay. So that's the lineup. Uh, shout right. all you want. I'll go through this individually and very slowly. Um, okay. Your starting goalkeeper is Matt Ingram, no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd put him over Max O'Leary. Um, well, sorry. I just thought O'Leary's <laughs> actually had a clean sheet. Ingram's not had a clean sheet, so until he's had one, I can't really justify it's, putting him in the squad. It's, it's quite it's quite easy to have clean sheets when you're in front of a pretty good defence and a, a not very good attack op- with the opposition. Um, mm. Max, he's a good shot stopper, but his distribution is... Quite horrendous. Uh, Louis Corn at right back. Uh, George Tanner. Uh, he's gone a bit under the radar, so I'll give you that. Um, mm-hmm. Jones and Greaves. No, I mean, Zach Jones. Viner's got to be. Jones had an assist against Blackburn, but maybe Viner could be in there. No, it's not really Zach what Viner's he's in there for, is it? To be fair. Yeah, but he, he I'll, got I'll, one. I'll give you Jacob. I'll give you Jacob Greaves, hundred uh, percent. Mm-hmm. But Zach Viner's got to be in there. He's been outstanding for twelve months. Okay. Um, Campering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's your starting left? Or Vinagre, is it? Yeah, he's injured. Yeah, I, I, I just moved out of Greaves instead of that Pring and then put Viner in, in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matty James. Uh, well, our midfield is not very good. Uh, but yeah, we'll go with that. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Seri, <laughs> yeah, Seri's quality. Um, Sam Bell. Okay, yeah, we'll go with it. Um, Scott Twine is brilliant. I agree. Uh, who's on two fan? Who's our? I'd be we don't, have a, we, do, we, we don't have a number ten, so go ahead. <laughs> um, Aaron Connolly up front. If we had a full, if he had a full fit, fully fit team, uh, I'd put Tommy Conway up there. But we don't, mm-hmm. so we'll go with Aaron Connolly. Generally, yeah, you know what? That is not the worst thing I've ever seen. So not bad. Yeah, well, that's uh, shining uh, praise that for. I put a blog out. I'll put a, bo- a blog out uh, explaining my choices. So I'll perhaps change. But Ingram, Viner, and Tanner perhaps uh, later on in the yeah. week. But thanks for the input. That's actually very it's good not, to have not, an opposition to, fan because usually we just look at it from our Hull City perspective. So that's very useful. To be honest, uh, mate, and I'll take the praise. For, from some of the other things I've heard on Twitter, that's not the that's not absolutely horrendous. So yeah, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Okay, well, shall we go around the five of us and do our predictions and then add it to the um? Uh, Ant, have you got the the prediction table up? No, 
No, can you can you find it and read read out the scores? Or you forgot to do it? That's a shame. I'll do it after the episode. Pretty sad. I'm not safe for the Blackburn game, man. By the way, I forgot. I said two one six. I can't remember. I have to double check. Oh, Harry Bullimont is not uh, very happy that there's no Regan Slater, but I I, oh, I have to include some Bristol players. And Serian Tufan, I thought, had to be in there. So that's fine. Tufan, Tufan was, was quite anonymous against Blackburn, to be fair. See, it's an awful bad Slater in for him. I don't have a set formula for it, but I'm doing it that he's quite a good player and he scored a hat-trick, you know, Two games ago, so even though he didn't do very well against Blackburn, he still sort of has to be in there. So that's what I was thinking. But uh, I've seen that if we win 2-0 uh, on Friday, we're going to be going top of the league. That will inform my prediction somewhat that I think we potentially could do that, but we haven't had a clean sheet yet. I'm not convinced by the defence, so I'm going to predict 2-1 to, to Hull City. Uh, will, do you want to go next? Yeah, you already know what I'm going to say, and it's 3-0. Because I have to say it until we do it. <laughs> he, he says that every game, Annie. It's not against Bristol. Don't worry. I, I have I, I put myself into a corner where I now have to say that until we eventually win 3 0. Mm. Well, I would take 3 0. That would put us top of the league, but I don't see it happening. And I'm going to say 1 0 City. First clean sheet. Which city? Which oh, uh, Hull. Oh, Hull. Yeah. Cool. Tom? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 as well. 2-1 to Hull City. Mm-hmm. Well, that's four Hull wins. Annie, do you want to uh, Clean sweep. predict something you know controversial against that? Nah, I'd, I'd take a goal. No, never mind the point. I'd take a goal. Um, if we get, if you have a shot on target, that's brilliant. Um, well, no, we're, we're gonna you can't be worse than Sheffield Wednesday. Come on. No, they scored two goals, not. though. We're not even going to threaten. But there are only two shots on target. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, we that's sort better of than gifted them. We've, yeah, we've well, had three shots on target all season. Um, no, we'll lose. 2-0. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, Ian and Harry are both going 3-1 in the comments. So, I think, would you take that, score a goal, but get back to goal. i take a goal. <laughs> okay, what, what's, well. the, what's the fans' feelings on Nigel Pearson at the minute, then? Because mm. I, I never read him when he was here. And it, it's strange that Where he's that? still I, championship. In hindsight, like him. From mm. what he did here. In hindsight. It, it change it changes every game. It's uh, it, when you have a manager that's kind of robust and you know bit bit out there in terms of what he says in the media. It's all it's always a bit volatile in terms of if you win, it's all it's all like oh this is all part of the plan. This is this is going to go well in a year's time, and then if he if he loses, it's like oh we play awful football. We're not very good. We can't attack. We can't score. Uh, but yeah, generally, I think I think we're willing to give Pearson until like Christmas time and if we're not anywhere near the top half or just generally not don't don't look competitive you know, he'll probably go uh but for me this will probably be his last season uh his contract's up at, at the end of this one uh and then we go from there I suppose I don't I don't see the club renewing it I don't see if we finish bottom half like 14th or 15th again then he's he's definitely gone if if we finish 7th 8th 9th 10th which is not going to happen uh but if we finish around the that that region, uh, he'll probably stay on for another year. But he, this is this is definitely is, in my opinion, last season, and then he'll uh, he'll he'll go. Just mm-hmm. not a very likable guy, is he? <laughs> well, Birmingham fans will agree with that. <laughs> he doesn't suffer fools gladly. I think is what it is. He doesn't like it when someone challenges him. He just doesn't instill confidence, does he? You want to listen oh. to your manager after a game like Rosinia does with us when we listen to him speak. 
you can tell that you know he cares about the club. He, he, he's got an identity, a vision he wants to do. But all I ever remember from Nigel, uh, from Pearson when he was here was when he was on the radio, it just sounded like he was annoyed that he had to do media. So it just, you know what I mean? You, you, he was annoyed when he had to do media. Yeah, but fans nice. want to know, don't they? You've got, you've got to be transparent. You've got to tell the fans what, what you're planning to do, what went wrong, how are you going to correct that? And he just doesn't want to do it. It's like you don't want to talk. You don't want to communicate anything to the fans whatsoever. And it, it's annoying. No, like no, you're, you're right. Because we have, um, we have, uh, we have a new signing, uh, Ross McCrory, and he got injured in pre-season. Uh, and he picked up a bacterial infection, and uh, we all can't. He said at first there'll be a couple of weeks. He'll be back for first day. First day passes, he's not back, and they'll be like, "Oh, he'll be he'll be back for Millwall. He's not back. He's he'll be back for Birmingham. He's not back." Just, and now now he so, now yeah. it's oh he need, he needs surgery. He's going to be out for a few months. Just say that then. Then it's mm. it's just just just, it's just like what's the point in delaying it? Just just be honest. Sometimes he's a bit too honest as well. Sometimes um, I remember when he first came into the club and we were a mess, like a proper mess. Um, and he kind of just went, well, I don't want half these players next season. It's <laughs> sometimes he's a bit too honest and um, sometimes he's not very open at all. So look, um, he's a very Marmite figure. Uh, mm. I think some fans love him here. Uh, and quite honestly, I can see why, because he's stabilised us and he's taken us from, well, uh, being in the complete, complete mess and a joke of a club to being stable in the championship again, which is kind of what we need. Uh, yeah, I think real progress will come once he's, once he's gone. <laughs> See, this is what, uh, the reason I like Pearson is for a reason that you suggested there is that when we got relegated from the Premier League, um, he came in and we were a club in administration and he essentially steadied the ship on the field. He brought in cheap signings and he sort of steadied the team. And I think the team, he was a good stepping stone, the team he built for the team that eventually got us back to the Premier League under Steve Bruce. So I think his contribution was vital, but he wasn't, I did not like him at the time. And the way he left, the way he left as well for Leicester was a bit scummy, except for like, we played them two weeks later and beat them 2-1, so that was quite nice. And and one of his, his signing, Robert Corrin scored the winner, sir. But yeah, yeah exactly. One reason, like, I like Nigel Peterson because he brought like, some of my favourite players that I've ever seen at City, like obviously Corrin, Matty Fry, players like that. Um, but apart yeah. from that, I wouldn't really... He stabled, that's the thing, he stabled the ship when he really needed to win after we was the, yeah. in administration. I think he was, at the time, he was the right man to come in, given his experience. He was, yeah, he was the right man to steady the ship, and that's exactly what he did, and like you say there, I need that um obviously once he's gone then hopefully he can progress as a club and push up the table. But you know, you know what you're gonna get with Nigel Pierce and that's the thing. Um obviously if you get if you get rid of him there's no guarantee that he'll the person that comes in will be better do, do a better job. But yeah. Can I just ask you guys very quickly, um under Rosinia, what do you expect this season? Because I've again I've as I've said, I've seen a vast range of predictions and from experts and whatnot. What as whole as whole city fans, what do you actually expect from this season? I think tenth personally. Mm, yeah, I predicted eleventh. Oh. It could be around there. I think anything better than that's very positive. But uh you know, we're especially with the performances they've not been fantastic. So uh I think around there is probably where most city fans have said Anton Tom tenth ish. Oh. Winning the league, I reckon. No, I'm, I'm kidding there. <laughs> uh, I reckon, well, I predicted 11th, so same as you and Nathaniel, but I think it's easy to get carried away at the start, but I do think still that we'll be around mid-table. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, got two two Harrys in the comments saying sixth to eight, uh, sixth to tenth, and top yeah, eight. That's where I'd try and put us. But, um, that's where Ajahn wants us. That's what he said in his last interview. Yeah. He said this season he's aiming at the top ten. And I think if you look at the signings we're making, or looking to, you know, we've got just brought Scott, Scott Twine in. We're about to sign Philogene permanently as well as another player. Um, the the <laughs> pieces are starting to come really? together. Yeah, yeah, Philogene. Yeah. That is ridiculous. That is a top signing. That, that is a brilliant signing. Well, he's not Cute. officially signed yet, but he's the player we're about to sign, yeah. So he ripped us apart last season. Mm. He ripped us apart. Oh, he, well. uh, he, 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 he made Jacob <laughs> look a bit silly here, but um, it's, it's, it's the piece of the puzzle starting to come together. And I think we're starting to get the players that Rosinia wants in order to play the system that he's been trying to play with us since he's mm. come in. Um, and we've not had that fluidity up front and that versatility. And now we have. So it'd be interesting to see what state we're in. Obviously, when the transfer window shuts, who's stayed, who's 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 come in, um, and then probably to defeat is such a strong league this year, isn't it? But I'd definitely take top ten. So that's where we should be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think we might want to finish the episode looking at some more comments. I think there's a few more things to discuss, whole city wise. So, uh, Annie, thanks for very uh, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, your YouTube channel is Robin's Talk. So, do you just want to give yourself a, a shout out? What sort of stuff you do on there? Yeah, my uh, channel is AH Robbins Talk. Um, just general Bristol City stuff. Um, get depressed most weeks. So if you want to talk, if you want to hear about that, uh, that's absolutely fine. Uh, match previews, reviews, uh, go to the games as well, hopefully, uh, most of them. Um, yeah, just general, you know, normal, normal uh, content creation. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much for having us. Cheers. Cheers, uh, so one thing people have uh, pointed out in the comments is a sort of uh, debate between Cyrus Christie and Louis Coyle. Coyle again, there is the no fantastic debate. goal line clearance. Uh, well, no debate. What do you mean by that? Christie's not played well yet and he's not fully fit. Coyle's mm-hmm. played well and he is fully fit. It's a simple answer there. Yeah. D- do you think that there is uh, an easy way for Christie to come back in if he just you know, gets fit, will he be back in the squad? I mean, but Coyle back into last year as well, playing quite well. So it's going to be very tough for Christie to get back into the to the side. Also, we're well. playing quite well with broken ribs yeah. for most of the end mm. of the season. Yeah, and yeah. I guess he's, he's, his ribs are hopefully a, a lot better. So he's playing with perhaps a bit more manoeuvrability uh, this season and uh, loving being the captain, clearly, you know, quite experienced joint longest serving player for us as well i think with doherty so it's good to see you know a local lad in the squad so uh yeah tom do you do you agree with that coyle's got to stay in the team until you know a poor run of form perhaps defensively coyle is better than christy i think in one v ones you know he's i think sometimes even uh, so against doncaster and christy just got pushed to the ground by the donny player they cross it in the score um it shows he's not obviously Fully match sharp, fully fit yet. Um, whereas Coyle, like like uh, Will just said, that you know he's he's fully fit, he's playing well. I think he's playing the best football he's, he has since joining the club, and he's thriving. I think. Um, I don't think he's necessarily the right back that's gonna you know take us forward, you know, long into the future. But he's someone now that I think you know he always puts hundred and ten percent. He's the captain figure in the team. He's one of you know he's one of the senior players. At, he's like twenty seven, I know, but obviously got quite a young team. So I think. His, you know, his, his ex, you know, his leadership and experience is, is vital on the field, and you know, showing that now. And I think if Christie can get fully fit again, he can he can challenge, and that's what we need. I think we need Christie sort of get fully fit to challenge Coyle. And I think in terms of 
his quality in the final third. You know, as we saw last season, Christie can produce that, and you know, in in games where we're struggling to break down the team, perhaps that that's that's where we can throw Christie on instead of Coyle, and then um, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like exploit that. But yeah, I think right now, obviously, Coyle the better player, but Christie has the potential to sort of yeah be that guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, well, speaking for um, more competition elsewhere on the pitch, I've seen a few comments here saying that Harry Vaughan should perhaps actually go out on loan because, uh, again, there are many uh, wingers. It's a bit harsh, perhaps, because he did play very well uh, at the end of last year. But is that a possibility? Well, you don't look happy with that? No, 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 no. He should not go out on loan. I think, to be honest, bringing in players like Philogene will be good for him because I think having him constantly playing full 90 minutes might burn him out, to be honest. Mm. And it's very easy to do with a young player. I think it's good for him to have, not only just have competition, but for him to have time to rest as well and not have to play every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd think that... I don't, I'm, I'm under the illusion that Lerm would... Maybe a Lerm to a League One club would do him well, but obviously I like the player, but perhaps playing every week would, you know, actually starting every week and playing. If he gets regular minutes here, then obviously that that's benefits him, but... If he gets regular yeah. minutes elsewhere, I think that can be the development he needs. And um, I know he, he, you know, he showed good signs towards the end of that season. Perhaps people have hyped him a bit, and now I won't say he's dropped off, but now obviously we've got players back fit. Um, he's not getting in as much, but he did look quiet when he came on um, yesterday. So yeah, he's, he's you know he's he's only going to improve. He's only nineteen, so um, hopefully he can improve us. Mm-hmm. Well, I keep saying that uh, on the wing, it's a sort of problem position for us. Uh, I mean, Twine's very good and Philogene, you know, could be a very good signing, but perhaps it would be so, sort of something to look back at in January, give all the players until January to see who can get into the team, get fully fit, and then maybe you want to look at Cynic and Alia and Vaughan, perhaps, uh, you know, should some of these players leave in January. Um, of course, some of them are only going to be available then because they're not fit now. But perhaps, you know, giving Vaughan some game time in League One if he's not got into the team very much before January is perhaps something that, that uh, could I happen. Agree. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. A few people also talking about um, news on the goalkeeper. The only news on us signing a keeper I've seen is that Messina is a big fan of the Cardiff keeper Ryan Olsop. Um, and again, someone said he was born in Birmingham. So perhaps is he the mystery, the new mystery player um, resigning from the city of Birmingham, whether that's the club or, you know, maybe they're just born their uh, whole life said that. So um, goalkeeper is he so far. What, 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 what do I mean? He's related to Daniel. He is a bit. I don't know who he is. Is he? Oh, yeah, you're young to know Daniel's properties. Oh, I thought I'd said the got the, the first name wrong, like I did with the Bristol players. But, no, no, we had an Australian striker called Daniel. So. Oh, good. It was great. Um, I'm so young, so I don't know this stuff. Um, do we still need a goalkeeper? Because I think, yeah, we do We do need one. Just I don't know, because you look at Olsop. I don't know whether he's the sort of player who's really good with his feet. I think if we are going to get one, it would be good to have another keeper to just push Ingram. But I think really, because of the system and the issues we've had, it needs to be someone who can play, you know, and distribute the ball properly, right? Yeah, I, I think obviously Ingram is playing well right now in, in terms of shot stop and stuff like that. But like obviously Darlow came in, was great with the ball at his feet and 
Um, obviously, goalkeeper position will be a mark to improve this summer, and that's what we've needed to do. And uh, obviously, we've never done that yet. But I'd rather us bide our time and get the right player in, um, mm-hmm. than rush to get one in and you know um, not be happy. But like, I think that's that's why we've uh, done it different this summer. I think we've learned from our mistakes um, from the last, um, and sort of, sort of with our recruitment. Um, sort of taking our time more, probably doing religiously scouting players instead of just sort of, you know, buying hit players from here, there, and everywhere. And, you know, and that's where hopefully a goalkeeper, goalkeeper can come in before a deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very sensible. Well, uh, there's not really a huge amount more news to get through. One last thing, Ensheps uh, talked about Max Bird. Uh, I think we've bid three, three times with him. I've not had a bit accepted, and now he's injured for about eight to ten weeks. Apparently, he went off in the game they lost to Oxford. So, seems unlikely uh, that will sign him. Although, other than Traore, he would be. Um, I really hope that because the senior said he wants to sign robust players. Can please not sign this player? We know he's going to be out for the next eight weeks. So hopefully, if we are going to get another defence, play football rather than watch from the stand. That would be nice. So I'm going to get very annoyed uh, if we do sign him. But it seems that perhaps three bids rejected. That's that's not going to be possible. Also, I we're not getting Cameron Archer, are we? I'm talking about the other player from Birmingham. Lots of comments. Why? Because we signed Danny Ola. Everyone's going Cameron Archer suddenly. No, we're not. No. If we're off the Cameron Archer, we would have already been before Villa. We just came on today mm-hmm. for Villa, so no chance. Yeah. There's Premier League clubs yeah. after him anyway. They're, yeah. they're, they're exactly. all in about... That's down again. They're all in about paying... He's got like a £20 million um, transfer fee on him, so unless it's a loan, um, no. I think, obviously, we've gone for... With Philogene coming in and twine, um, I think it's very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Well, has anyone else got anything else you want to talk uh, about on this episode? Because I think we've got through an awful lot today. No, no? okay. Well, no, thanks to everyone. For... Yeah, well, yeah, thanks to everyone for commenting and listening and subscribing. Uh, we really appreciate the support. And we'll be back again soon. Uh, I guess we've done the sort of Bristol City opposition preview, so we'll probably just be back uh, next Sunday to talk about, hopefully, uh, at least a two-goal win, and we'll be, uh, you know, top of the league uh, on Friday. So thanks again, and we'll be back next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.